Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ich wart seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the German football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunnett. As always, we will go over this weekend's Bundesliga match day results. So, straight into Saturday. There were no Friday games as it's Easter weekend. We've seen Mainz win 3-1 against Fortuna Dusseldorf. 3-1. Bayer Leverkusen 2. Nuremberg 0. Osberg 6. Stuttgart 0. Yeah, 6-0. Wow. Uh, Bayern Munich 1, Werder Bremen 0, Borussia Mönchengladbach 1, RB Leipzig 2, Schalke 2, Hoffenheim 5, yep that's 5. Then into Sunday we see Freiburg 0, Borussia Dortmund 4, Hertha Berlin 0, Hanover 0 and then the Monday night kickoff. yep no one's ever happy about that. Wolfsburg 1 and Eintracht Frankfurt one. So yes, that does match day 30. Joining uh, myself, as always, is Chris Williams. Chris, how have you been? I'm hot, which is good. Um, very British to talk about the weather, but it's red hot over here. Um, I was away last week in Porto where it rained um, for two days, and then it was blistering sunshine when I left. So to come home to some beautiful sunshine is very welcome, um, and a really good weekend of football and I can't believe Bryce he just said match day 30 it only feels like match day 10 in fact or even 18 and now it's 30 we are right at the very end of the season yeah it always took me by surprise as well saying 30 um, even though we're here every week um, it's it's a bit surprising isn't it? I was about to say Chris are you getting a little bit footballed out at this part of the season obviously you've got a big title race here but you also work you're with the uh, Premier League as well. There's a title race there. Are you, are you getting all footballed out? Um, I um, go to Barcelona this time next week to see my own team play in the new Camp um, as accredited press. I don't think anyone could ever be too footballed out to, to experience that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think with the action that you're having to deal with at the moment, uh, it would be hard to get footballed out. Uh, joining Chris and I, as always, is Manu Vett. Manu, what do I do? you footballed out yet? No. No. Yeah, I don't good. think I I don't think I ever can. I mean, um, people people that follow me and uh, listen to me know that I, um, alongside the Bundesliga, also cover the MLS, right, for Pro Soccer USA and... Um, they play from spring to fall. So when the Bundesliga season ends, I'll just keep going. And then when the MLS season ends, Bundesliga just starts up again. So yeah, don't really do many breaks. And that's that's quite all right. I, I, I think that's quite okay. I'm really jealous about the blistering hot, guy, hot weather, guys. It's raining over here. Um, that's kind of too bad. Yeah, not normally the case, is it? Normally you get that um, almost Italian-style weather yeah. that you refer to. Um, and less um familiar with the with the hot weather over here in the uk but it's been a lovely long easter weekend but enough of that let's talk about the football um we're going to start at the bottom of the table uh this weekend and talk about that massive victory for osberg or massive humiliating as chris described before we came on here defeat um for stuttgart um yeah i mean we said that you know really the the bottom four sides 
have been just truly terrible. I mean, Augsburg, this is a great result for them. They've been in the thick of it as well in, in 14th. This, this makes things look a little bit more comfortable for them, especially with Stuttgart losing, or sorry, Schalke losing as well. But um, Chris, uh, where do we even begin with Stuttgart? I mean, they were 2-0 they were down inside the first 20 minutes, 3-0 down at half time, and then to lose 6-0, I mean, th- this really is an embarrassment. It is, and our listeners will know that about four, four, five, six, maybe even a little bit longer, because I can't remember. Time's just gone that fast. I said that Hanover were possibly the worst side I've seen playing the Bundesliga since Hanover played in the Bundesliga the last time. Well, Stuttgart are seriously giving them a run for their money, and it is quite baffling, because if you look on paper, they've got a, a, a pretty good side. They've got some really good individuals in there. You've even got a World Cup winner, I know you can't hang everything on one player, uh, although certain teams do. Stuttgart can't do that. But, yeah, it's it's not been a very good 2019 for them. And I know Manu's going to say it, so I won't steal his sandwiches. But you know they've made a couple of changes higher up, which I think are, are for good reasons. But they were made because they were going to stick um, with their head coach. And that's not happened now. Um Marcus Feinstein has gone. I mean, was it always going to be the case? I mean, he didn't do particularly well with Schalke, did he? Um, and now he went to Stuttgart and, and he's not done that good either. And maybe the, the change of personnel above him. Um, so obviously Thomas Hitzelberg has gone in and they've had some more changes. Maybe that will address, I think, the recruitment problems that Stuttgart have had because if they're not changing coaches every few what feels like months, I think they've got a better chance and I, I'm pretty sure they're going to go down because who they're going to face in the playoff, um, I think, will be considerably better than them. They've got a number of players leaving. I think, as we saw last season with um, Hamburg, there's some players there just playing their time out. So uh, I, I do think they'll go down. I think the, the playoff side will beat them and I think they'll beat them quite convincingly. Um so it's about rebuilding for them now for me. Uh, if they do escape the drop, I think they'll be right back in um, the brown sticky stuff straight away, which is unfortunate because he had a fantastic finish last season. But yeah, um, for Stuttgart now, I think it's all about rebuilding in Bundesliga 2 and then trying to come back up next season um, or the season after, sorry, with uh, with a better structure in place because there's all the fundamentals there and all the foundations for them to be an excellent side, so it's very disappointing that they're not. Yes, indeed, and uh, I think we will go to Manu and, and talk a little bit about the changes um, higher up, not not player changes, but you know, in the board, in, in the dressing room. I, I mean, Manu, do, do you see that Stuttgart are going to be moving in the right direction, or do you think that's just about as big a mess as what's on the field at the moment? I think the best news for Stuttgart at the moment is that the two sides below them, and Chris is quite right. I mean, Hannover, um, their level of football is, is is so far beyond Bundesliga. I, th- I think they would even struggle in Bundesliga two this season, the way they've been playing. And then Nuremberg, um, you know, at least they try to play good football, but I think that the quality is just not there, right? The, the level of football, they can't just... They, they, you know, quality is a big thing, and if you don't have it, you just you just can't fake it sometimes. Um, so they're a little lucky that they are in this, um, shall we call it, privileged position of playing in the relegation playoffs. And I'm pretty sure they will play in the relegation playoffs because I can't really see any of the bottom four sides pick up any points in the remaining four games. And I know this is this sounds wine sweeping but this is how i see it and then what happens in a relegation playoffs i think we're going to talk about that in a moment but chris is quite right i mean the 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 changes that were made on top um reshke was brought in from bayern squad builder someone who did very well at leverkusen someone who did really well at bayern to identify the right players bring them in sign them and then build teams and that was his job at Leverkusen and at Bayern. Of course, he did it as a second fiddle role. No one, you know, he was not the sporting director. He was always the squad planner. He usually had a powerful figure in front of him that um, he could work in that person's shadow, be it at Bayern, you know, under the, you know, we all know the massive figures that are there, but he worked with, for example, Matthias Sommer, right? At Leverkusen, he had Rudi Völler. 
those those are two big figures and allowed him to work in quiet. This was his first job as a sporting director at any of the big Bundesliga sides. And I think that some of his signings actually worked out quite well. And then somewhere along the way, it went wrong. So he has to take some of the blame. But he also said already in the spring, we have, like, look, I made a mistake to hiring Markus Weinzierl. I think we need, to, we need to go separate ways. We need to make the change. There was a big, um, there was a big discussions between Reschke and the rest of the board, and the decision was in the end to let Reschke to fire Reschke. It's kind of ironic, though, that now that you know we are match day thirty, Stuttgart have twenty one points from thirty games. I mean, again, that's remarkable that they are sixteenth and not last, and they have fired Weinzierl anyways. And they, yes, they brought in Hitzelsberger, they brought in a Minzlaff who had done an excellent job at Dortmund, um, not so much at Arsenal. I think Chris knows a bit more about what happened there than I do. But, you know, again, he's going to be someone who's never worked in that role before. He's never been a sporting director either. So, you know, are they bringing in the right brain power? Yes. Have they done this in the past? Yes. Did it work in the past? No. I mean, I can't even remember the last time Stuttgart have not fired a coach halfway through the season. I think the last one was Bruno Labbadia, who lasted a season and a half. It's the only time since I followed the Bundesliga, and this has been close to 30 years now, that Stuttgart have not fired a coach at some point in, in the season. And that's, that's remarkable and doesn't really speak well for the club, even when you go back long term. Yeah, talking about the uh, final few games of the season that are coming up, uh, Chris, do you see Stuttgart picking up any points uh, from here to the end? Uh, and if so, do you, do you see them possibly um, you know, catching Schalke or them... I mean, I mean, it's it's a big ask for six points. I mean, they do play each other, don't they? Uh, right at the end of the season, but maybe it'll be too far gone at that stage. Well, when you're going to play Borussia Mönchengladbach, I think you've always got a chance because you don't know what what you're going to get with them. They could be on fire and they could be on the top of their form, and if that is the case, then Stuttgart will get pasted. However, it could be the Gladbach that turns up that we see occasionally. Um, where we've seen this season where Dieter Hecking just goes with the wrong personnel, the wrong lineup, and they get beat. So maybe a little light at the end of the tunnel for them there. Um, Hertha, another side, uh, you know, managerial change. I think they're now treading water. Um, they're completely safe from anything. Um, so, you know, I think we've said it before, this is a time of, of the season where if you're going to play teams that are on the beach, if you're involved in a title fight or you're involved in a relegation scrap, you want to be playing teams that are safe because they do not care. Half the squad are already thinking about where they're going on holiday. Um, so there's a potential chance for them there to pick it up. And then the last two match days, you're quite right. Wolfsburg, we've seen all season. Um, that's going to be a difficult one, especially after their result this evening, as we record this on Sunday. They're really going to fancy it. And then the very last game of the season, um, Schalke away. So... It's going to be difficult for them. I think more than can Stuttgart pick up points is what can those below them do. I don't think Nuremberg are going to get anything at Bayern. I don't think they're going to get anything at Wolfsburg. Um, I certainly don't think they'll probably not even get anything, maybe a draw if they've glad back a potentially poor. Um, and then on the last day, they're away at Freiburg. So I think Stuttgart might just survive the automatic drop by the de facto position that those teams below them will, won't pick up any points, even if they fail to do so themselves. Um, yeah, it's um, it's going to be a difficult one for them. Uh, I, I wouldn't fancy being in their shoes. The last few seasons, Wolfsburg have really pulled it out of the bag when they needed to in those two final games um, in the relegation playoff, both um, 17 and 18. I can't see Stuttgart doing the same thing. Uh, it's going to be It's going to be a poor one for them. But sometimes teams need to drop down. Darmstadt and Ingolstadt the other season, they needed to drop down. They weren't good enough for the league. Uh, I think the current bottom three aren't good enough for the league. And if we look at who may be replacing them, I think the top two is pretty much done. But who's going to come up in that third to play whoever it is in a relegation playoff, which I think it'll be Stuttgart. Um, It's going to be a tough ask. And we could see next season three strong teams come up and three particularly weak teams go down. Yeah, that's right. Ingolstadt have dropped down and looks like they might be dropping down again, unfortunately, 
for them. Uh, but uh, Manu, do you agree with Chris? Do you, do you see Stuttgart staying in the position that they're in at the moment, not really picking up enough points to, to catch Schalke? And then I suppose the, the next question is, you know, who they could potentially be facing in, in Union Berlin, Heidenheim or, or Paderborn. I mean, those teams are battling it out for third, it would seem. Uh, and, you know, they, they could prove some tough opposition for them You in the playoff final. Could be Hamburg too. <laughs> you know, the the top sides, Hamburg and Köln, um, HSV is only two points ahead of Paderborn and three points ahead of Union and four points ahead of Heidenheim. So, Hamburg still have some work to do in the last four games. Um, Paderborn, yeah, uh, we were joking about that last week, weren't we? Becoming increasingly more likely that this could be the the comeback of uh, in German football history, the biggest comeback in German football history, just for those who haven't listened last week. Let me outline this again. So they got relegated a few years back from the Bundesliga. Then they got relegated straight from the second Bundesliga to the third division. Then 1860 didn't get the license in the year that they were relegated to the fourth division. You know, how the Paderborn was supposed to get relegated to the fourth division. 1860 didn't get the license. The only reason Paderborn stayed in the third division and didn't fall down to the fourth division, you know, that bottleneck, what's really hard to get out of because you have to play a playoff even if you play win the league. They got out of that, stayed in the third division, promoted from the third division back to Bundesliga 2, and now... Believe it or not, they're third. They're two points behind second place, a direct promotion spot back to the Bundesliga. Um, it's it's an amazing story. I, I have to admit, and uh, Chris, we, we, we we're going to get a little bit lesson of geography because we are going to be in Germany for these promotion relegation playoffs. I've never been to Paderborn. I've never even been close to Paderborn. I had to look it up on the map where it is. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm not going to use the word that I'm usually using to describe how middle of nowhere because we don't want to be ranked explicit but yeah it's going to be an interesting one for traveling aspects i think berlin would be better for us but in terms of a story this paderborn team if they go up wow um that would be an amazing story really amazing story and i could i mean the way it looks like when you have the momentum and sometimes the momentum goes over two seasons um, you could see it happen. Now, another side, and this is another side that we're familiar with. Um, Chris, this is a documentary that you like to mention, right? Trainer um, Heiden, features Heidenheim. And this is a very small team. 40,000 people only live in Heidenheim, but yet they have one of the most interesting coaches in the game. Yeah, they do. Um, I think I've said it on this podcast a lot, and I've said it privately. Frank Schmidt, who I've got a lot of time for, he looks like the sort of, play, uh, looks like the sort of coach that I'd want to play for. Every time he speaks... He looks like he's going to get his guys to run through a brick wall, and he's been there for a very long time. Um, I don't know if they would be able to keep it up week in, week out, but we saw what they did at Bayern Munich in the Pokal. You know, they gave a really good representation of themselves there. Um, Paderborn, I've been a couple of times, man. It's lovely. It, it might be in the middle of nowhere. It, it's a 35 minute trip to Dortmund, so jump on the Autobahn. It's not too bad. Um, it's a. Uh, See, I don't know if it's still operating or whether everybody's pulled out, but it was a, a garrison um, area for the British Army after the Second World War. So, and, and they do have quite a lot of English fans because of that of that link. Um, I also know quite a few people there, man. So we will be all right to stay um, should we have to go to Paderborn. Um, but yeah, it, it's nice little ground. But I think Union Berlin is um, is the hipster's choice. The right word, certainly the best location um, and also another team um, with a lot of English support and a lot of US support as well because of their the way they stand, um, what they stand for, how they've rebuilt the club, etc, etc. So it could be any one of those three sides at the minute from third to fifth or as you quite rightly said, even second. But I think Hamburg and Cologne should buy rights as in, you know, the most two biggest sides in the division should go up. But that final slot, um, yeah, Heidenheim would be a nice one for me because it's, it's, I've never been there. So um, whether it would be good for them in the long run is a, a, different, a different one to watch. So. It would be a derby if it's Heidenheim. Stuttgart and Heidenheim are not far apart. So um, geographically, I, well, it wouldn't be that easy for us to handle because we have a stop in between in Berlin. But I guess we'll, we'll figure out the logistics once the, once the dice drops um, on match day 34 because I think we're not actually going to find out until... 
uh, on the Sunday after the big uh, match day 34 in the Bundesliga, how Bundesliga 2 will end. Um, so, yeah, plenty of excitement on both ends of the table, both in the in the Bundesliga, but also in the second division. Once again, a very traumatic end, it appears. And um, we're going to be, of course, trying to cover as many games as possible and see how it all ends up. I mean, it's very exciting right now. Yeah, and the potential of a Berlin derby next season, I think, would be something special. And that Union Berlin ground is, is something else, isn't it? So I think we'd happily uh, visit there again. But guys, let's, let's talk a little bit about Schalke. We, we've seen Schalke at the weekend lose to Hoffenheim uh, 5-2. Yeah, an absolute drubbing. They were 2-0 down at halftime. Caligari got one back from the spot and only seemed to... Uh, well, piss off Hoffenheim uh, as they came back to absolutely uh, trump them. Uh, just well, late second uh, consolation there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been an absolutely disastrous season for, for Schalke, hasn't it, Chris? Um, compared to last season, obviously, we, we've talked about them plenty, but they didn't play the most exciting football last year. And this year, it's it's kind of just not clicked for them. And they, they've really struggled. A, a European campaign looked better maybe than you would have thought, you know, um, with maybe a, a rather fortunate group that they had. But it's 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 been somewhat of a disaster. And playing Dortmund, you know, in Dortmund next weekend it is not exactly the game that they're gonna wanna have to uh, try and respond to this dropping. No, it's not, and especially if you look at how Dortmund have responded to maybe their little title charge wobble that they had and Oh, we're going to get onto this game, but we all thought, well, could they go away to Freiburg and, and answer a few questions? And that was emphatically done. Um, Hoffenheim went to the Veltins and have, have put five past Chalka. Um, whether it's Domenico Tedesco or whether it's Hub Stevens, the the play doesn't seem to be there. You're quite right. They had uh, they had the easier uh, Champions League group, more of a Europa League group, um, and then they were obviously. Um, turned over quite easily in the end in in the quarter final met their match uh, it, it's a disappointing one for Schalke I can only suspect that they want this season over and done with as quickly as possible um, I do think they'll escape um, from you know any further trouble than than that they're in I think that Stuttgart are too poor um, to get out of that situation but um, for Schalke I mean you you don't want to be going into playing your main rivals in your area. Um, to try and, and stop them winning the league. That would probably be the best outcome for Schalke. If, can they put a dent in Borussia Dortmund's title um, chances? You don't want to be going into that game in the Westfalen Stadion after just being whipped um, 5-2 by a very good Hoffenheim side. This is probably a bit of a precursor for how the game is going to go next week, especially if you look at the fact that Dortmund put four past a very strong Freiburg side who held Bayern excellently the other a couple of weeks back and probably should have won. So it's more depressing news, unfortunately, for Schalke, but, you know, chins up. There's only four games left of the season and then can have a little bit of a break and, and go again and recharge. Um, and importantly for them, see who is there and who isn't there come the start of next season, said it last week or maybe the week before, but there are a few talented players who should be looking elsewhere now because they're not going to be playing in Europe. Um, and are they going to be in the same situation um, that Hamburg were in a couple of seasons ago where they had decent players just about escape the drop, all of a sudden no difference and to go down. Um, that could be Schalke's situation. So there'll, there'll be players looking to get out of there, I would think, um, speaking to their agents, getting them moves to mid-table sides, higher sides, maybe even sidestep to a different league. Um, it's going to be interesting to see just who Schalke line up with come the start of next season. But yeah, these are very much one of the sides that just needs the season. Imagine if you could dry, detangle, style and volumize your hair all in one step. Well, it's easy with the Not Doctor All-in-One Dryer Brush by Conair. Create beautiful blowout styles at home with a powerful 1,000-watt motor for quick drying and Easy Glide Flexalite bristles for snag-free detangling. Customize styling with three heat settings and use the cool shot to lock in your look. Ionic technology reduces frizz, bonus attachment volumizes your hair, makes a great gift for yourself or someone special. Go to conair.com for the Not Doctor All-in-One Dryer Brush now. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? 
Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I, I think it's it's hard to argue the case of that. They're going to be looking forward to starting fresh next summer, but good luck to holding on to those players as they will not be in Europe. Um, Manu, let's talk a little bit about Hoffenheim then. Um, they're on quite the run at the moment. They've won four on the bounce. Um, before that, they drew a game, but won the one before that as well. So, so it, it, things are looking very good for them uh, without being beaten in the last seven. Uh, is getting into the Champions League something that they could possibly do? A bit of a, a late surge. I mean, they're sitting in sixth. They need to get in the top four. We've seen that Eintracht draw this evening. They're on 53 points. We've got Borussia Mönchengladbach who are blowing hot and cold these days uh, just a point above them so 50 51 and 53 yeah it's it's remarkable isn't it that we could have the repeat of last year's story um, remember it was going into match day 28 Hoffenheim had the same amount of points than they had last year and last year they finished third don't think they're going to catch Leipzig um, but that fourth spot has has definitely you know it's only as you said it's only three points and you have to remember that Gladbach are struggling. Um, I covered the Frankfurt game today, and we're going to talk about Frankfurt in a moment. But, you know, Frankfurt are still in the Europa League, and they're looking good value in the Europa League, given the result that they had um, on Thursday, right? But you could notice today that they are a little bit struggling with energy. It's around the 60-minute mark, Wolfsburg were the better side. And they started to really struggle. So that could be a factor for Hoffenheim. And Hoffenheim are just very effective. That's the only competition that they have. Four games. Nagelsmann has them playing perfect football. And you never know, right? I mean, you look at the you look at the schedules. And uh, Hoffenheim have Wolfsburg next week, right? That's already going to be a big match for both sides. Then they have Gladbach. Uh, that's... I mean, right there, that's that's almost like a playoff. And then Bremen, another big side in the Europe in the European race. And then they finished the season off with Mainz. So, yeah, plenty still to play off. Hard schedule to see it out. But I think, you know, if anyone could do it, do a repeat of what they did last year, it would be Hoffenheim. Now, I think for personally for the Bundesliga, because Hoffenheim, I think they're going to be in a bit of a transition next year with Nagelsmann gone. They're losing the best coach in Germany. Uh, Leipzig are gaining the best coach in Germany in Nagelsmann. You don't know if that transition to Schröder, the former assistant of Nagelsmann, is going to be seamless. You're not, not going to know what players are going to stay, who's going to leave. Look, Demi Bay, for example, is a 25 million euro exit clause. Joe Linton has been linked with X amount of teams in the Premier League and with RB Leipzig, you know, he could be following his coach, be that player that replaces Timo Werner. So you don't know what's going to happen to them. And we want the, the strongest teams in the in Champions League. So I think for the Bundesliga, and I know if you're an Hoffenheim fan, I apologize for this, but I think for the Bundesliga, the top four as it is right now, because you've seen what Frankfurt, Frankfurt was the only side this year in Europe that actually represented the strength of the Bundesliga. Everyone else, including Bayern, kind of fluked out. And I think Frankfurt is ready now for that next step to play in the Champions League. And they might be the, the only side outside of Bayern and Dortmund, and to a certain extent Leipzig, to be ready for that step, given on what they've done in the Europa League this season. Yeah, Chris, so how do you feel about Hoffenheim potentially getting back into the Champions League? I mean, they, they do... Um, come up against stiff opposition in Eintracht and uh, Gladbach. But, you know, the, on the form that they're on, you know, I'm looking at their fixtures, as Manu said, you not easy ones, but I could see them getting 10 or 12 points in those, and that, that would probably be enough to get them you know, back amongst it. I think Hoffenheim would be disappointed if they didn't get into the Champions League, especially after, um, you know, the... the the European exploits they've been on the last couple of seasons. I think Europa League might be, disappointment's probably the wrong word, but 
you know, after getting into Champions League group stage last season, after building on the Champions League playoff place, um, you know, it's unfortunate for them. Had that have been a season later, they would have automatically gone straight into Champions League. But you know, they went to that Champions League playoff place, didn't get through it, had a all right season in Europe in the Europa League, made some good experience. Um, learned a little bit about the competition. Then, obviously, they qualified straight away for the Champions League group stages, You know, held their own, um, played very well at times. I think we discussed it at length. Their only problem was leaking a few goals at the back. They were always very good going forward, um, but I'm sure they would have learned from that and they would want to test themselves again and show the watching European public just how much they'd improved. So I think it would be a disappointment for them not to get in, but... You know, Manu's a great fan of this. I'm a great fan of it. But after 34 games, the table doesn't lie. If you don't finish third or fourth, then you don't deserve to be in the Champions League. And at the minute, um, RB Leipzig and Eintracht Frankfurt deserve their places. You could argue RB Leipzig probably deserve to be a little higher um, than what they are. And that's not to take anything away from Bayern um, or Dortmund. It's just I think Leipzig have been so good, especially the second half of the second half of the season, if, if you catch what I'm trying to say. Um but yeah, the table will not lie on match day 34. And if um, Hoffenheim are in that top four, then congratulations. If they're not, then I'm sure they'll just be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could uh, completely agree with you on that one. And it'll, it'll be an interesting run-in uh, for this end of the season and see if they can do it. But um, let's talk about Eintracht Frankfurt, who at one point it looked dead cert that they were going to take that fourth spot but they've um, come off the boil a little bit with a loss and then a draw um, just tonight uh, as we experienced um, a late goal uh, Manu you were happy about that as your match report was all done but you had to do a little bit of a tweaking after Brooks managed to be free yes Brooks of all people um, at the end of a counter attack uh, was in the middle to to slide the ball in yeah, what is a defender doing in the opponent's 18-yard box? That's, that's the main question I'm asking right here. I think we're all asking that. I don't know what the hell. It was like they're crossing into the middle and you were like, is that Brooks? Yeah, totally out all of position. People? Tactical mistake leads to a uh, goal, by, goal by for your own team. No, seriously, I, I think Wolfsburg deserved the point in this game uh, on balance, especially in the second half. I thought in the first half it was very even. It was a very, very good game, actually, with both teams playing... Very attractive football, really looking to get goals. And there should have been more goals in this game. But I felt that around the 50, 55-minute mark, you could tell that nine out of the 11 players that played for in Frankfurt starting 11 today um, also played on Thursday against Benfica. And it was a very difficult game. Remember, this was a game, um, a tie that they had to turn around. They they lost the first leg 4-2 in, in Portugal and... Um, we we kind of all kind of alluded to the fact, or this is expected in many ways, that they would turn that around, and they did. And but you know to have to turn around a result like that, even in the convincing fashion that they did, because they, it, watching that game against Benfica, I never thought it was actually in doubt that they would. But it's it's pretty hard to go through a game like that, ninety minutes, play the perfect game against one of Europe's top sides win that game 2-0 because they could not concede, right? They had to win this perfectly 2-0 to go through, do that. And yes, then they have the Monday game. It's probably the only time since we had this dreadful Monday game that it was actually justifiable use to give a team some time off. But it's still, you could just tell that they're, they're a little bit right now on the edge when it comes to comes to the, the the physical power that's left in the side. And you could tell that around the 60th minute mark. They were just dropping off a little bit. And, you know, fortunately for them, they're not in the cup, so they're not playing midweek. So they're going to have this week off. And then they are facing um, Hertha on Saturday, who Chris rightly pointed out are on the beach. So they have some time to recover. But it's not going to get any easier because, they mean, the, the Europa League... For them, they're three games away, potentially, from just securing a Champions League spot in that competition. And this is the question now. Are you going to go for the four games in the Bundesliga or the three games in the in the Europa League? And I remember the next two games against Chelsea. And Chelsea are a very good side. Yeah, Chris, um, let's go to you on this. So how do you feel that Frankfurt will get on when they take on Chelsea? I mean... Um... Chelsea have struggled a little bit in the Premier League this year, but will still be a, a very difficult opponent for Eintracht. Yeah, they will. And a little bit like Borussia Mönchengladbach, you don't know what Chelsea side you're going to get. 
are you going to get a Chelsea side that can go out and put four past the team? Or are you going to go and get the ones that we've seen of late? Um, you know, that Manchester City destroyed. Liverpool took apart quite easily this evening. Burnley, um, I'm pretty sure all our listeners know the strength of the Premier League. But if they don't, Burnley are an, an Augsburg equivalent, drew 2-2 um, with Chelsea this evening. So in a similar way, maybe they've got their eye on the Europa League and that would make it a more difficult proposition for um, Eintracht to get past because the fight for the Champions League slots in the Premier League is just as tight as it is in the Bundesliga. So I think both, although Frankfurt have the upper hand because of where they are, I think it is, it's a serious question for both sides. How do we approach these last few games? Because Chelsea, for all the money they've spent in the past, they don't have that deeper squad. Um, and Frankfurt, we've seen that they don't have an exceptionally deep squad either to fight on two fronts. And over a season, yes, and they have done that. Um, but when we're looking at the, the very end of the season, when players are naturally getting tired, when concentration levels might drop, you know, this is the time when winners are you know made. Um, winners and losers are created very quickly in this. Who's got the staying power? It's going to be an exceptional um, couple of fixtures. And Manu's quite right. They are 180 minutes away from um, from a European final. And anyone can win a European final on the night. doesn't matter who you're playing. doesn't matter if you're playing the best team in the world or the worst team in the world. I think when you go into a final of that magnitude, it doesn't matter. Form goes out the window. It's who's the best on the night. Um, so... It, it's it's a hard one. If I was Frankfurt, I genuinely, if I was Adi Hutter, I genuinely don't know what I'd do because they're sitting in the, the commanding seat at the moment in fourth place, two points clear of, of Gladbach in fifth, who you know, are hot and cold. Um, Hoffenheim are, are breathing down their necks a little, three points behind. It's only one game and we've got four games left. Or do they solely concentrate on the Europa League? It, it's a tough one. Um I'm, I'm pretty sure Adi Hutt will have to sit down and, and go through it because he'll have to look at who's fit, who's not fit, who can who can really get through these last few games and the, the prospect of going all the way to Azerbaijan and who's who's in his side who can deal with that. So it is going to be a really difficult last few weeks. I, I think I've said before I'd love Eintracht Frankfurt to win the Europa League. Um, if that's going to happen, though, <laughs> I think it would be best for the Bundesliga if they were to finish fifth um, and then some, and then someone else was to finish above them, and then we'd get all five sides in in the Champions League next season. I, th- I think it's going to be really interesting to see because I think this is, in my opinion, Chelsea are Frankfurt's toughest challenger so far in this competition, which makes sense. I mean, they've grown, but when you look at who they had in this competition, Bryce, in the group stage, they had Lazio, they had uh, Olympic Marseille, and then of course they had uh, Limassol, right? But they won all six of those games. And then they had uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. They beat them comprehensively. Then Inter Milan, again, this was a match that they completely dominated. And now Benfica um, with, with a historic turnaround. And Chelsea, I mean, Eintracht Frankfurt did not have an easy path. And then when I looked at the opponents that Chelsea had, and Chelsea has been impressive in this competition, but, you know, they played teams like Slavia Prague, Dynamo Kiev, Malmö, you know, VD in the group stage, Park in the group stage. It wasn't exactly the, the toughest path for them, not wanting to take away from any of those sides, but that it's kind of interesting how the two teams had very different paths to get there. And Frankfurt seemed to have risen to the occasion every single time. And I'm not saying this is going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all. Um, but I think they could rise to this occasion just like they have risen to all the other former occasions. And Chris is quite right. I mean, the ideal scenario for us covering the Bundesliga would be top four, maybe with Hoffenheim as fourth and Frankfurt in fifth and then win the Europa League. But, you know, it's it's such a gamble. A European final is such a gamble. And if you're in the fourth place in the Bundesliga, I think you just want to make, maybe secure that spot above anything else. I mean, what what might be in Frankfurt's favour is they are they've got a very fast transition. They're a very physical side. Um, they're very tactically sound and they're very skillful. Um and Chelsea have struggled against sides like that. They certainly struggled against Manchester City and they've certainly struggled against Liverpool. And that I know Eintracht Frankfurt aren't quite at that level of those two sides, but they play a similar style of football which has worried Chelsea. Um Burnley, who they played this evening, are a very strong side. Um 
you know, they they don't play the same type of football as Eintracht Frankfurt, but they do use their presence and their and their physical nature um, to to upset their opponents, and that's something that this Frankfurt side can do away from home. So they could go to Stamford Bridge and give a, a what we'd call a really good away European performance, just frustrate the other side, maybe you know tactical fouls here, tactical fouls there, little kick here, little kick there, um, get a positive result, nil nil, one one, even a one nil defeat. Um, as we've seen Frankfurt overturn that, and then get them back to the Commerce Bank Arena and play their, their the style of football that everybody's fallen in love with this season, which is very fast counter-attack, very fast transition, uh, very high press, and that would worry Chelsea, especially in that atmosphere. So I know it's a, it's an old cliche, but it depends how, how they get on in both legs, and I think a solid performance away from home um, can be uh, turned around um, and improved on by a, a really good home performance, similar to what we've seen throughout every round of the Europa League this season when Frankfurt played at home. So I wouldn't say they were favourites. I don't think anyone's favourite in this particular fixture. I think both sides are matched. And on paper, I think Chelsea probably just shade it with the personnel they've got. Um, they've had um, Callum Hudson-Odoi go off this evening um, with a toe injury. Don't know how long he's going to be out for, because obviously that's just happened this evening. That could be a problem for them. Could also be a problem for Bayern Munich as well. But I think it'll just be a, a straightforward toe injury and he'll, he'll get over it no problem unless it's a metatarsal crack. He was helped off the pitch by two um, medical staff from Chelsea and his boots were taken off. So not particularly a good sign, but that could just be a precaution. So that's a, a very skillful player that they've got there and one that's outshining the likes of Pedro and Willian. So um, that could work in Frankfurt's favour. Um, but it's going to be an almighty battle between those two sides. I think these are pitched exactly the right level, which is what you want for a semi-final. You want the teams to be on an equal footing uh, and you want to watch two really good games of football and the winner out of those 180 minutes will deserve their place in Baku. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic encounter, isn't it? And it would be uh, really something special, I think, um, for not just uh, Frankfurt, but uh, for fans of German football as well, if they could get past Chelsea and into that final. That first leg will be taking place on the 2nd of May. I'm sure we'll be talking about that plenty. But, guys, that's um, just before we talk about the top three in the Bundesliga, being uh, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund and RB Leipzig, let's talk a little bit uh, briefly about the DFB Pokal games that will be taking place um, this week. So on a Tuesday night, we're going to see Hamburg taking on RB Leipzig, and then on Wednesday night, Werner Bremen will be hosting Bayern Munich. Um, Manu, what way do you see this going? Do you, do you see RB breezing past Hamburg and Bayern, top of the table, breezing past Werner Bremen and it being a, a, a first versus third, or, well, we'll see how the, how the table goes, a final? Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean... That's what everyone expects, right? Um, I'm still have I'm still hoping a little bit for a North Derby in the Pokal final between Hamburg and Werder Bremen. I think that'd be something quite spectacular, and would maybe also you know just bring in a little bit of a different face to the cup because we've seen always at least Dor either Bayern or Dortmund in the cup final in the last few years. And uh, it would it would be interesting to see neither one of them in the final for once. But I think I think the way it's gonna go, Bryce, you're quite right. Uh, I reckon Bayern and Leipzig will be playing in the final, which should be a very good match. And uh, we're go we're going to see how good of a match it is in a few weeks because Leipzig are going to face Bayern, right? And um, it's an interesting though, interesting one though, because if it happens to be that way that Bayern and Leipzig are in the final against each other. That means the automatic Europa League qualification spot goes back to the Bundesliga. So in this case, fifth place would go straight to oh sorry, sixth place would go straight to the Europa League. And um together with fifth spot, right? And seventh spot in this case would then start would be the team that would have to play, I think it's two rounds of qualification to get into the the, the group stage. So all of a sudden you know, with the 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 way the the cup final, the cup semifinals are pitted, it it could be very the the seventh the seventh spot in the Bundesliga could be very interesting. And then there's of course on the other side. So if Hamburg 
and I think I mentioned this maybe last, last week, if Hamburg managed to reach the final, then the DFB has a little bit of a headache with uh, in terms of the promotion uh, qualification games because it would mean that Hamburg would have to play three games in five days with the relegation playoffs. I, I now heard that they there's some flexibility. They can move one of the games uh, two days back. So I guess that's what would have happened. But there is a possibility that Hamburg would have to play both the cup final and the relegation playoffs, even though it seems unlikely that they would get past Leipzig. What about you, Chris Williams? Do you see it being any other way than what we, what everyone's assuming? That's very full, Bryce Dunn. Um, I, no, I think uh, it will be a Bayern Leipzig final, and that's not to pour scorn on um, either of the other two teams in it. But I think these two sides are playing the the best football at the moment. Bayern um, obviously are, are riding a crest of their own wave um, after bouncing back from a bit of an off form. Um, Leipzig are doing exceptionally well of late um, and are, are doing well in the league. And I think this top three now of Bayern, Dortmund, Leipzig, I think this is going to be the top three for the next few seasons, um, especially with uh, Nagelsmann moving to Leipzig. I can see them as genuine title contenders next season um, with Dortmund and with Bayern. I think it will be a scrap um, for fourth again. Um, between everybody else it'll be a case of who's going to finish fourth um, who's going to get relegated and who's going to win the title they're, they're going to be the three three main things to look at next season and if Niko Kovac keeps his job I think it's going to be because of the double um, I think if they don't win the double I think he will potentially be gone um, and then we'll have three very good sides fighting it out at the top of the league um, but you know RB Leipzig could just go and, and cause an upset. Manu and I were in Berlin last season when Frankfurt caused an upset. There was nobody giving them a chance. Um, both Manu and I were at the um, Elfreunde party and we spoke to Frankfurt fans and um, I said they were going to win 2-1 um, and they were like, no, 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 no chance. Even their own fans didn't give them a chance and uh, it was you know, the, the upset happened. So we'll see. I don't know if it's a... A nailed-on conclusion, but you would you would expect it would be those two sides. But Manu could be right; could be um, could be a northern derby in Berlin, which would be a surprise in itself. Yeah, that would be a surprise, wouldn't it? Uh, and quite the treat. But um, anyway, that that's us uh, covering the uh, cup football. Let's go back to the Bundesliga, where we're going to talk about those top three sides and, and start off with RB Leipzig. So another win on the boards. Um, guys, we're, we're more or less saying that they've got uh, Champions League football uh, nailed down. They've managed to beat uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, who are sitting in fifth to one, a battle of the two teams that actually have more clean sheets than anyone else. But there was no clean sheet here. Uh, Manu, they, they've done a fantastic once again um, to retain a Champions League football or more or less uh, captured with 61 points as they're um, so far ahead of fourth place. But, but you're asking the question, could they still mount a little bit of a title challenge. I mean, it does sound a bit bizarre with only four games to go, but they do have to play Bayern Munich, so that that's a bit of a six-pointer. Yeah, I think the season ends maybe one or two games too early for them. Um, I think they, they could catch both teams in the top, the way things have been going, but I think the season just ends a little bit too early to them. Unfortunately for them, they were not strong enough in the first half of the season, and um, the table doesn't lie. It, it reflects the entire season. It, it doesn't just take a, a certain stretch of games into account. It's you have to be on top of your game for thirty-four games, and uh, this is why you know Chris and I keep saying this: the table doesn't lie. Um, the Bundesliga or any league table is probably the fairest reflection of the strength of a team over a full season. You know, in the Champions League, in the Europa League, you can have a bad evening and you're out. It doesn't happen like that in the, in the league table. So on balance, yes. And I think Chris is quite right. I, I think next year they're going to have a significant say in the title race. I think we're going to have three teams fighting for the title, which would be another step up no matter how the season ends to what we have experienced. But I mean, this Leipzig side has been incredible. I mean, even when they had a little wobble against Gladbach, um, you, you felt like that they, the sky is the limit in, in terms of potential. And Nagelsmann coming in um, is going to be 
a very interesting proposition on how this team is going to move forward. I think they're going to lose Timo Werner um, in the summer, which is going to be a big loss. Um, probably the only team out of the top three to lose a key player and likely lose that key player to one of the other teams in the top three. So um, that's a big loss and could hamper them. But then you look at all the other talent that they have. I, I think Julian Nagelsmann is quite good in compensating. And I mean, you, you hear some of the rumors like Joe Linton potentially going to Leipzig. I think that would be just the player that they need anyhow. So I think they will be just fine. But yeah, what an amazing second half of the season it has been for them. Um, really got to give it to them in that in that regard. And I think it's it, German football will will be better off because of of the title race. Maybe one thing I want to point out, there was, there was once again fan protests um, by Gladbach fans this time against RB Leipzig. And I understand why certain fans are worried about the whole structure of RB Leipzig, the lack of fan input, that there's not a Mitgliedsverein. But the fact that some Gladbach fans protested directly at Ralf Rangnick and targeted him and targeted his burnout that he suffered back in 2011 when he had to step away from football for quite a, quite a long time. To target that, I think, make your opinion heard. Today was a great example of Frank, like Wolfsburg fans throwing Easter eggs onto the pitch. That's funny. Yeah, I, I laughed a little bit, and that's funny. There's good ways to protest. There's bad ways to protest. Gladbach, that was disgusting. You do not target individuals for race, religion, and personal, um, you know, anything that goes personally, as you say in German, under the belt. You just don't do it. And that was... A uh, red card from the from the football guard network team. Um, that's a no goal for me personally. Chris, what what about you? Do you see RB Leipzig mounting any sort of a challenge? Uh, and do you think it's um it's a hell of a well, I suppose an achievement by RB Leipzig to uh, you know get this far in the league once again. You know to to be up there with two teams that we're more used to seeing uh, at the top of the Bundesliga. I don't know if it's an achievement because look at who they are, who they're backed by. Um, the facilities that they've got, places where they train, the medical facilities they can call upon. They're not exactly Nuremberg or Dusseldorf or Freiburg or Augsburg. You know, they've, they've rocketed through the structure of German football quite quickly um, and have got where they've got on merit, but with backing. Um, I think they've been very, very clever in the way they've done transfer business, um, where they've bought players from, how they've recruited, etc., um, so I don't think it's a surprise. Um, I think it was more of a surprise last season that they weren't up again um, fighting. I will say I was shocked by their first um, foray into the Bundesliga where they finished second and they did very well. Um, that was that was a shock, but not a surprise. And that, that might sound quite strange. And I'll, I'll quantify that by it was, oh, wow, actually, this is a side that we can all look at as a serious side. Um Rather than you know a one season wonder, I don't think anybody thought they were going to be a one season wonder with the back in, um, as I said, with the facilities, etc. Um, so I'm not surprised that they're third. I think because of who they are and their back in, they are quite rightly in that third place. Um, I mean, not quite rightly, but they are in that third place because of who they are and who they're backed by. Um, so I, I think, like Manu said, they're going to be a team that's going to be around so people will have to get used to them and some people either like that or they won't like that i can't see them winning the title um i will very boringly agree with manu and say yes i think had we been looking at match day 36 um then i think there's enough time left there for them to do it but i think they'll fall two games shy but next season yeah they're going to be a real prospect to watch and um at some point the 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 protests are either going to have to stop um, or they're going to become f for no reason because Leipzig aren't going anywhere. It's not like um, it's not like the Monday night football protests, which you know the DFL have gone. Okay, yeah, we understand what you're going on about. We're not going to play any more um, matches on a Monday after 2021 when the new TV deal comes in. They're not going to go. Okay, yeah, well, actually, we think that you're right about you, the corporateness of RB Leipzig, and we're going to get rid of them. Um, I think maybe it's about looking at. Not it doesn't happen again, but sides are are come under the, the the right structure and they don't circumvent certain rules to allow them to get into that structure and protest about that as much as you want. Um, and you know I will back anybody who does that because 
Do I agree with the way RB Leipzig have been created? No, um, but that doesn't mean I don't like the side. I think they play very good football. We've been there. Um, it's a beautiful city. Um, I don't think that's any of the, the players, current players' fault. I don't think it's any of their fans' fault. Um, I spoke last season when their fans were targeted. thought it was disgusting. You know, they're there to watch a game of football. Um, thankfully, we moved on from that. Um, you know, and there's other teams in the league. Um, Wolfsburg, backed by Volkswagen, by Leverkusen, backed by Bayer Pharmaceuticals, etc., you know, Audi um, and Adidas, um, sorry, not Audi, Adidas own a considerable part of Bayern Munich, Puma own a considerable part of Borussia Dortmund. Um, they aren't the only corporate side in Germany, um, but I understand why people don't like them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with Manu. The, the personal attacks, especially on someone's mental health, um, is despicable. Yes, indeed, it is. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, them, Bayern, who um, managed another victory at the weekend to keep them at the top of the pile, a point ahead of uh, Borussia Dortmund with a 1-0 win on, over Werder Bremen. Um, Manu, there, there's been a little bit of uh, talk about Kovac and a, a bit of criticism. It, it, is it just, I mean, at the moment they, they seem a bit, like a machine just churning out um, results and it, it's hard to see whether maybe going to drop points at the moment and, and yet Kovac's still coming under scrutiny. Yeah, a lot of scrutiny internally. Um, there's there's two things to this. Um, on the one hand, and this is something I've heard come out of Munich just uh, yesterday, um, that the... Kovac still doesn't have the backing of all the players in the squad. It's match day 30 and there's still significant parts of the team that do not support Kovac as the head coach. They're winning games. Um, the, the squad is winning games despite Kovac, not because of him. It's sort of what you're hearing out of the, coming out of the dressing room. Um, of course, you always have to take that, you know, with a pinch of salt, I guess, because, uh, it, we, certain players are not happy about playing time, etc. There is, of course, a rebuild coming. And that is the second part of it, Bryce, the rebuild. Um, Bayern's board could as could invest as much as 300 million euros this summer and next summer together, right, in new players. And their question is, is Nico Kovac the right man to hand this kind of investment to? And that's that's a really that's a big debate, right? And they, I don't think they know the answer yet. Uh, the big debate is, of course, also between Hoeneß and Rummenigge. Um, with Rummenigge very much saying maybe not, and Hoeneß saying yes, definitely. But you know that there is a fundamental debate going on. So you have you have big debates on two levels: a with the players, some of those players who might be leaving anyways, and then b within the board. And that's why you have all of this stuff going on at Bayern. I mean. And that's the question. Will the double be enough? You know, Chris says that he has to win the double to stay. Even that might not be enough of everything that's going on because there's also a question mark on how are Bayern supposed to play? How are they going to win the double? They beat Werder Bremen 1-0 and the criticism has been that it wasn't good enough. You know, they want to play good football. They want to comprehensively beat teams. And it's a, it's a very difficult situation for for, for Kovac to be in, um, it's a very difficult situation for the team to be in, and it makes it you know makes it possible for the club maybe to stumble one more time, which is of course what everyone else wants because we want a title race, and that's the only way we're going to get one. Yeah, what about talk about uh, Jose Mourinho? Is is that still going on? That's a big name, isn't it? Um, Jose Mourinho, Pochettino is another one. He's been um, that's a rumor coming out of Spain that yes, it has been discussed, uh, so we can actually kind of confirm that that. They have looked at Pochettino. Getting him is, of course, a completely different notion. We know that Levy, the director at, um, at Tottenham, is <laughs> is anything but an easy person to negotiate with when it comes to getting players or coaches out of um, out of North London. So I think that would be a very difficult. I heard 50 million euros is his exit clause. It would be a lot of money to pay for for a coach on top of all the players that they're signing. So um, I can't really see them do it. But yes, big name coaches have been mentioned. Um, there's also the ongoing rumors about Thomas Tuchel, who is not 100% happy at PSG. So who knows, right? Um, 
I think we're not going to really find out until after the, the cup final of what's going to happen with Bayern going into next season. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? A coach who could do so well, but uh, still lose out. Um, uh, time will tell um, how that one pans out. But uh, Chris, um, let's talk about uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, quite an emphatic victory um, against Freiburg. Uh, over the weekend, a 4 0 victory. Um, one of the few top sides to do well against Freiburg. They they normally are, are are quite quite difficult to break down, aren't they, for the top sides? Yeah, they are. Um, Christian Strike knows how to set his side up um, to play good football at home, um, and it's not frustrating, boring football. It's it's exciting football to watch, and we saw that a few weeks ago when Bayern visited, and I think they were lucky to leave with a point, really. Freiburg did enough to to win, um, especially in seventy minutes. I think the final twenty minutes they were looking a bit tired. But um, excuse me, Lucien Favre's Dortmund put in maybe one of their best performances of the season, um, I would say. And just look at the scorers who are on there: um, Sancho, Royce, Gotze, and Alcacer. If you are fighting for the title and you need your big players to come up with big moments, well, there's four for you straight away. Um, and even the the guys at the back looked a lot better. Um, Witzel and Delaney, who had a little stumble, I think, um, a few weeks ago, looked just as as rock solid as they've done. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's a it's a real tight one. This and I genuinely don't know who's going to win the league, and and that is a thrill um, as well as as you know a, a bit nervous to watch. Um, as as an outsider, which I am, I've got a lot of affinity for Borussia Dortmund. But if they win the league, fantastic. If they don't, you know, never mind. It's not going to impact me personally. Um, but I still feel the nerves of, of both sides. I've got a lot of friends in Germany now, Dortmund fans. I've met a load of Bayern fans over the last year. I'm speaking to one today. In fact, speaking to one this afternoon who said he is nervous. Um, he's not used to it. He's very nervous and he likes it a little bit, but he doesn't particularly like it because the title's normally wrapped up by now. So there's a lot of nerves flying around on both sides. And and yeah, this is what Dortmund needed, especially after that horror show the other week in the um, in the Allianz. They needed to really show that they're up for the fight because they're breathing down Bayern's neck. And that's what Bayern need. Bayern need that, that challenge behind them to keep going because if Dortmund were to fall off... Um, if fall off now with four games left or previously with five games left before this game, I think that would have given Bayern the energy to go on. But at some point, one of these two teams is going to burn the other one out mentally. Um, and that that's what's going to happen. And it's not the only league at the moment for that to happen. And it's a thrilling watch. So yeah, as, as poor of Dortmund have been, and I use that term very loosely um, in the last few weeks, they've really stepped it up now. And, I don't think it's a slight on Freiburg or Christian Strike. I just think they came across a very good, determined Dortmund side who, who wanted to put a statement out, and they did that. Yes, indeed. A, a very impressive victory, and yet it doesn't make it any clearer at the top of the Bundesliga as to who's going to take the crown at the end. But um, next week, we'll see RB Leipzig taking on Freiburg. That'll be a tough challenge uh for the Leipzig men. Then we're going to have uh, Borussia Dortmund versus Schalke, which is normally a, a rather entertaining affair, but this might be one-sided once again. And then finishing off the match, they will be Nuremberg versus Bayern Munich. So um, uh, uh, until then, that probably does it um, from us on the Gaga Press and uh, podcast. Chris, what have you got going on this week? Is there anything you'd like to draw people's attention to? Just preparing for the coming match day and the um, European ties after that. So um, nothing pressing, Bryce, no. Perfect. A bit of travel coming up for you. I know you're excited, so we'll talk about that a little bit closer to the time. Um, Manu, what about yourself? Um, How are you dealing with the uh, rain over there? Um, Anything else you'd like to uh, draw people's attention to? Uh, yeah, um, we have, of course, the cup previews. They should be out by the time this podcast comes out or just about, um, you know, our editing team over at AI is very fast. So um, it could be out at the same time, pretty much the DFB Pokal previews. And then, um, yeah, well, personal note, I'm going to be at the uh, MLS game on Sunday, but then on, uh, sorry, on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be at the first ever Canadian Premier League game 
here in Victoria, the brand new league, first time ever there's a nationwide league in Canada, professional nationwide league from coast to coast with Victoria hosting Halifax. Um, that's going to be an interesting one. So I'm going to be at that game and then slowly getting ready to head back over to Europe, Bryce, um, to do hang out with Chris, but also to catch some football. So yeah, you can catch all of that, of course, at Football Grad Live. And you can follow me at Manuel Beth. Lovely stuff. And yes, hopefully that rain will have disappeared then for those uh, games for you. Stay nice and dry. Eh? Uh, but yeah, that more or less does it uh, for us uh, this week. Um, we hope you enjoy the Pokal games uh, midweek and then another exciting match day will be uh, just around the corner and we'll be here to uh, podcast about that as well i've been your host bryce dunn you can find me on twitter at bryce dunn 11 and if you need any other football in the meantime just head over to at football grad live on twitter uh, that more or less does it thanks for tuning in guys and our feeders in Ich wart seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen, ich hab zu holen. We can get anything delivered from furniture to toilet paper. And now, adult beverages with Drizzly. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly's giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code EASY5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.